Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Glenn Levitt. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing on this fine, fine afternoon? I'm doing really good, you know, enjoying the weather that we've had. We've had a bit of a cold snap, and now we're kind of getting warmer again. Oh, yeah, it's great. I was worried that we were just full winter for a minute <laughs> yeah. there. But yeah. luckily, it's it's popped back up a little bit in the 70s. Um, I think the big, I mean, this is a huge weekend. Like, my, it was my wife's birthday. We had a lot going on. But I still think, despite my wife's birthday, the biggest part of the weekend is the it's House gonna, of the Dragon oh, yeah. finale tomorrow. Se- season finale there. There's going to be a lot of TV watching, I think, in both of our households between football, football tomorrow, yeah. key divisional matchup for the Colts for me to watch them, and oh, then, yeah. of course, House of the Dragon. Got to watch that for the season finale. Yep. Um, so it'll be a lot of screen time oh, this yeah, weekend. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it, just like we're looking forward to uh, this episode. Um, so without further ado, Andy, why don't we jump right on in, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about the Glenn Levitt. Of course. So Glenn Levitt... Um, Another one that was founded like right in the early 1820s, of course, during um, basically Scotland's at least an informal, if not formal, version of prohibition. Okay. wasn't really called that, but it was like when they had all the taxes and everything that made it illegal um, to like distill in certain ways and everything like that. So they were founded in the early 1820s um, in the Livet Valley, and that's basically where their name comes from. Is the fact that they were founded there in the Livet Valley uh, in the Scottish Highlands by uh, George Smith. Um, like, like I mentioned, a lot of their early days were spent basically illegally distilling because whether it was because of taxes or other Scottish codes and stuff like that, it was basically either outright frowned upon um, from a societal point or tough to do financially or outright illegal hmm. um, to distill during that time. Um, gotcha. But of so they were kind of illegally distilling for probably the first four ish years of their t- of their um, operations until about eighteen twenty four uh, when those Scottish laws and taxes and stuff were repealed um, that he first that Smith first found his chance to really begin making a name for himself at least legally in the whiskey distilling game. Um, and right around that time is when he, he actually went down to the town or city of Elgin. I don't know if it's been renamed or not, but, um, the city of Elgin and he obtained his legal license to actually distill whiskey in Scotland. Uh, and it was something that, you know, that was something that a lot of folks in the area that at least knew him did not really like that. Definitely ruffled their feathers a little bit. Um, he... Definitely got, I think, maybe some implicit or explicit death threats against him um, and his nice. distillery <laughs> that it would burn down because that would hamper, you know, the people that were still illegally distilling their ability to sell, mm-hmm. having a legal distillery there actually doing things sure. by the books the right way. Makes <laughs> At sense. least the right way that the government wanted it. <laughs> right. Um, and it was something that, you know, by the 1830s, he had actually scaled his distillery up to at least um, producing 200 gallons of uh, scotch whiskey a week. And that was when he first really started hiring 
some of his employees, uh, first employees that weren't um, at least family members. And a lot of those first employees were salesmen who he basically hired to spread the word of his whiskey uh, beyond just sell it. Um, Unfortunately, though, he only lasted about 40, 50-ish years in the game, though. Mm. Passed in 1871, um, and that's about when his son... John Gordon Smith took over the distillery um, right when he died. Uh, And then about 62 years after that, in 1933, they actually, that's when they really began to explode, um, at least here in the Americas, uh, because after the passing of the 21st Amendment and the end of Prohibition, um, that's about when, in 1833, sometime that year that they first came to America, Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so they hadn't, of course, they hadn't previously come back, come to the, the United States, and even if they had, you know, they had that 10 to 15-ish year period, um, of prohibition that you at least couldn't sell whiskey openly, which would have made it really tough, um, for them to do it. But, yeah. legally, once prohibition was done, they were actually pulled, um, picked up initially by the Pullman Train Company. To actually start selling, and this is how they gained a lot of traction in the United States, at least, um, is basically that company would sit there and uh, buy, I forget how big of bottles they would buy, but they would basically buy the bottles to from the Glenlivet to um, you know, sh- sell either the whole bottle or pours on the train rides oh, wow. to commercial passengers. So that's really where they gained a lot of popularity in the United States was because of that. Uh, and of course that really helped them grow in sales all the way up into uh, 2015. They uh, took home the mantle of being at least one of the highest selling scotches in the world year after year. I think I know we were saying this in, I want to say the Johnny Walker episode. It was like them, Johnny Walker and one other um, distiller there. uh, Glenn Morangi, I think that consistently are pretty much battling out to be the, highest based on sales at least the highest selling uh, scotch whiskeys in the world year after year uh and then they you know this is something that they've definitely um had a few different expressions that have sold really really well year after year as well i think we're trying two of them today the 12 year and the 14 year um but they actually had one actually in 2015 that i think I don't remember if it broke a record or was or very nearly set the record. Uh, it was a Founders Reserve, which I introduced in uh, 2015. Um, it was sold the highest volumes of any new scotch introduced by a brand, by any brand on the market, uh, I think, ever. Wow. Um, like a new label, at least for a distillery. Sure. Um and, of course, that's not the only one that's sold well for them. I think traditionally they sell well of the 12 and 14 years. Like I said, those ones are the two we'll be trying today. Uh, but they also have a 15, 18, and 21 year and 25 years. And then they also have a Caribbean Reserve, which I forget what that one does or what they do for that one. It might be in, like, Caribbean rum casks that they're aging it. But I forget what they're doing for that product to label it Caribbean Reserve. I have to go back and look for that one specifically. But that's everything they're due. Uh, again, like I said, it's going to be a Highland Scot- single malt scotch whiskey. So it's going to be 
I think a little bit more for any buddy, any of our listeners that like to kind of geek out on the whiskey, um, especially Scotch whiskey, like the regions, I think it's going to be a little bit sweeter, a little bit fruitier um, flavored sure. there, if I remember what the Highlands are known for. Kind of closer to like the Macallan, that yeah. type of Scotch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Yeah, so I just wanted to pop in real quick with uh, my typical uh, pop culture references to the Scotch. Uh, I know... Uh, you know, Charles Dickens was a very, uh, he was a big fan of the Glen Levitt. I know uh, Tony Soprano and the Sopranos, that was like all he drank was the Glen Levitt. So for me, anytime I hear a Glen Levitt, I always think Sopranos. So that's <laughs> just my personal pop culture uh, reference I had to throw in there. Uh, all right, Andy, are we ready for the tastings? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, as always, um, we're going to start with the nose. Uh, I should uh, preface that with saying we're going to do the 12 and 14, as Andy mentioned. Of course, we're going to start with the 12. So uh, let's dive on in. Very, very light. Yeah, very light nose. A little bit more floral to me. Yes. Um, Are you getting like, any kind specific of... like notes? Uh, I, I mean, beyond the floral, like... It, Compared to like some other like the McCallum that we did last week, it's not. I don't quite get as many of those like bready like cookie notes, anything like that on it. Surprisingly, yeah. So it's much lighter. Um, I, it, it has like a sweetness to it. I think. Yeah, like there's some like there's almost like a pear fruitiness to me, something like that, like a white fleshy yeah. fruit like that. Yeah, I'm um, almost getting that. I'm getting that 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 pear and almost like a like a vanilla like hint to it. Yeah. All right, let's give it a taste. Cheers, Cheers, sir. Very approachable. Very similar to the nose, I think. Yeah, very similar to the nose. I mean, the only difference between the nose and the palate that I get is on the palate, there's a little bit more, like, like earthiness or, like, barrel in mm. their influence in there, for me at least, that sure. I'm getting on it. Sure. Um, that just kind of makes it a little bit more robust of flavors, rounds it out for me. I'm the get, complexity. Yeah, I'm getting the, the, the fruit that you meant, like the light fruit that you mentioned on the nose, I'm getting that. I'm still getting a little bit of the honey and the vanilla that I got on the nose as well. Um, very florally light um, whiskey, a little bit of malt, um, dry finish, and it yeah fades fades away pretty quickly, but not, not too quick. Last, yeah, do, doesn't doesn't fade away too quickly definitely at least for me lasts quite a while on the front of my palate absolutely more so than the back of it you know i oh, i completely agree all right folks we're going to finish up our glenn levitt 12 year and then we're going to be back for the 14 year review all right folks we are back with our second tasting of the day uh this one we're going to do the glenn levitt 14 year as always we're going to start with the nose Bit more oak on the like yep. oak influence or earthy influence on the nose for me than the twelve. Agreed. Definitely a little. I don't even know though. It's like not as light. I don't even yeah. know the words for the, it. It's the not, fruity note there that I was getting on the twelve is a lot more pungent here. Yeah, but it's not quite as like like those pear like white fruits for me. It's it's very similar to the to the twelve year, but just like more. Like aggressive almost, just like it yeah. just is more a little bit more rich, up, amped up. Yeah, of, yeah. All right, let's give it a taste. Cheers, Cheers, sir. 
Very rich, very creamy. Yeah. Get a little bit more malt influence. Yep. Get a little, the 14, then to 12. I'm getting a little vanilla, a little orange. What are some, what are some, uh, what are, are you picking up anything in that? Uh, I mean, beyond what you said, not much. I mean, I, I'm just getting more of the, like, like more of that oak note or yes. that earthy note. Like that's, like I was saying on the nose, that's a lot more turned up for me, um, here on the palate as well. Yeah. In the 14, um, sure. on top of what you were saying for the palate. It's just, yeah, it's just much a much like richer, more velvety type uh, yeah. whiskey to me. Exactly. I like it. I definitely. You have to go. I would go with the fourteen. I think. I think of the two we tried today. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Perfect. All right, folks. That's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, uh, share, listen to, uh, follow us on. Uh, social media. We really do appreciate your guys' support of Distilled Discussions. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.